to the point here this morning. Last Sunday, uh, when, when, when Leroy shared, what I took away from what he shared was uh, the importance of our motives, the thoughts and intents of our heart, the Bible says, are important, and they are. And so I was processing that this week quite a bit, and just knowing that my thoughts and my intents and my heart and my motives are, are important. They're actually powerful because uh, the Lord looks on, some of the, looks on those things and it makes a big difference on the intents of our heart. And so I was also processing of the opportunity we have this afternoon of doing the Adopt-A-Block program. It is an opportunity that we have and it's an awesome opportunity. And I get excited about it because uh, I just, in the last half a year even, reflecting back on what is my purpose? What is our purpose, even as a church? And I come back to the thing of our purpose is to impact the city of Lancaster. And so this is one, an awesome way to do it this afternoon. Going to the park, hanging out with them, giving them food, whatever uh, your, your conversations consist of as well, just a way of blessing uh, the people. It's gonna, it, it makes a difference. Now, with that being said, I'm going to read 1 Corinthians 13, just some of it, because there's something else that's important that we can't buy to take along. We can't go to our closet and take this along. Uh, there's, you know, Costco doesn't have it. Turkey Hill doesn't have it. And you don't have it. You can't just go and grab it. You can't buy it. But there's something that is very important this afternoon. We're going to look at that. Here's what it says in 1 Corinthians 13. You know the scripture well. But it says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I am become as a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. Though I have the gift of prophecy, I understand all mysteries and all knowledge. Though I have all faith so that I could remove the mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. Though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Now, I'm, not, I'm going to stop right there. I think a lot of us know that chapter. But it starts out as saying, though I, have the, though I speak with tongues of men and angels. That's pretty amazing. Someone speaking with tongues of men and angels. But he makes it very clear, if you don't have love, you become as a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. So you can have this, amazing things. But if you don't have love, it doesn't mean much. How about verse 2? Though I have the gift of prophecy, we were talking about prophecy this morning, we can have the gift of prophecy, we can understand all mysteries and all knowledge. Now, if you know someone like that that understands all mysteries and all knowledge, he's probably pretty well respected, right? I mean, this is quite the, the man here that we're looking at. The gift of prophecy, understanding all mysteries, all knowledge, having so much faith that he could have moved mountains. That's quite a man or a woman, right? And if we know someone like that, we would probably respect them pretty highly. But the Bible says, if you don't have love, it's nothing, really. That's what the Bible says. Verse 3, check out this person. Though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor... That would be a sacrifice. 
taking all of our goods that we have, selling them, taking the money, and giving it to the poor. Wouldn't that be a sacrifice? I mean, you would think you'd get a lot of brownie points from people. You may feel good about yourself. This would be a big sacrifice doing this. But if you don't have love, the Bible says it profits you nothing. In the middle of the verse, it says, though I give my body to be burned. That's a sacrifice as well. That would be an incredible sacrifice. <coughs> Excuse me. To give your body to be burned for something. But if you don't have love, it doesn't mean anything. And so just thinking of our adopt-a-block, what we're doing this afternoon. I believe we could have one of these every Saturday. But if we do it without love, according to Scripture, it wouldn't benefit anything. So that's what I want us to get here just this morning, is the importance of... Of love. This love thing is a, is a big deal. It's a very big deal. It's very important. John 13, 35 says, By this will all men know that you're my disciples, you know, when you meet every Monday morning, or you have Bible studies together, or you have, you know, lots of small groups together. No, that's not what he says. It says, By this will all men know you're my disciples. If you have love for one another. See, love is a telltale sign of being a disciple, is what this scripture says. Having love or not having love, when I look at these scriptures, is, is a very much a make or break situation. Complete different outcome of if love is involved or not having love. And I believe this, I, there's not a scripture that specifically says this, but I believe if we live our life without love, we're going to live a wasted life, according to these scriptures. And I believe that. We can do a lot of things in our life. A lot of things. But if we do it without love, we missed it. Love one another. That's what Jesus told us to do as well. And, you know, all Christians believe it. We believe it. We're supposed to love one another, but there's also often a disconnect uh, between what we believe and what we practice. Loving, just saying I love you is much easier saying it than doing it. Stephen Covey says this. Stephen Covey says this. Uh, love is a verb. It's an action requiring your involvement and your your participation. Let me say that again so you get it. Love is a verb. It's an action requiring your involvement and your participation. Maybe I have to say it the third time. How hard is this? Love is a verb. It's an action requiring your involvement and your participation. Oh my God. Okay, you got the point. I'm not sure why I can't say participation. 
properly this morning. But you get the point now anyway. It is. It's easier said than done. But love is something that you need to do. You need to be a participant. All right? Uh, You know, we all experienced it when people say, maybe they'll say, hey, I love you. But their actions don't back up with what they say. Or maybe on the flip side of it, you have said, oh, I love you. But you have no actions to prove it. No actions to back it up. And if you look at Scripture, love is a theme throughout all Scripture. I mean, even in the beginning, uh, all the way through, in Leviticus, I'm just going to read uh, uh, several verses here in Leviticus 19 that talk about, I just want to get a point, make a point out of this in, in Leviticus 19, if I can find it here. Leviticus 19, uh, in verse, okay, I'm going to, if you look at verses 8 through 19, it's just talking about laws, it's talking about, uh, you know, when you, when you have harvest, uh, let it, let some, you know, don't glean your vineyard, let it for the poor, uh, you shall not steal, don't, don't deal falsely, don't swear, uh, don't cheat your neighbor, the wages of him who is hired shall not remain with you until morning, don't curse the deaf, don't put a stumbling block before the blind, uh, don't be a tailbearer, verse 17, don't hate your brother in your heart, verse 18 says this, you shall not take vengeance, nor bear nor bear any grudge against the children of your people. But you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. That's what I want to get out, get to. And there's, and there's other scriptures as well where it talks about you shall love your neighbor. Here it says very clear. It says, uh, love your neighbor as yourself. So we have that in scripture to love your neighbor as yourself. But then he comes. Jesus comes in the in the New Testament. In John 13, where Jesus says, a new commandment I'm giving you. So what is this new commandment that Jesus talks about? Jesus says, this is the new commandment that I'm going to give you. Love one another as I have loved you. Okay, now listen, this is taking the love to another level here. See, notice in the Old Testament, it says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. And most of us love ourselves. I mean, you take care of yourselves. We don't like hurting ourselves, right? And so that made sense. Love your neighbor as yourself. But then Jesus came and he took this to another level. He says, love your neighbor as I have loved you. That's a different level. So how much does Jesus love you? How much are we loved? See, this kind of love that he's talking about is an agape love. It's a sacrificial love. It's not conditional. It's not a I love you because you love me type of thing. Jesus' love is completely unconditional. It's a love that says, I'm going to love you no matter what state you're in. I'm going to love you no matter what decisions you make. That's the kind of love that we're talking about here, sacrificial love, the kind of love that sent Jesus to the cross to die for our sins. To love when we're unlovable. 
even in our sins. That's the kind of love we're talking about here. He didn't save us while we were lovable. He saved us because his love caused him to sacrifice himself for us. That's why Jesus, hanging on the cross, said, Father, forgive them. Because they don't know what they're doing. Loving the unlovable. Loving in a sacrificial way is what we're supposed to be, is, is what we're called to do. Love others as I have loved you, Jesus says. And loving those who hurt us, loving those who come against us. Thinking of the prodigal son, I love that story. His son runs off and comes back and his father has complete, absolute love for his son. Even though he just wasted his inheritance, but the father's love in that story is amazing. And then you say, well, yeah, that was his family. We're, we, we, we love our family. But then you also have the story of the Good Samaritan. The story of the Good Samaritan was a complete stranger. And it has, it's the, to me, one of the points in that story as well is loving your neighbor, even if they're a complete stranger. They don't have to be family. When, and when we make sacrifices in order to love someone else, I think that gives us a little bit of a glimpse of the depth of God's love for us when we do it in a sacrificial way. And also then when we understand the depth of God's love for us. First, I think that's important for us to do that. When we understand God's love for us, his sacrificial love for us, how much we are loved, it then helps us to love others better as well. This can be a difficult thing. Love can be very difficult. It is difficult. For the most part, love can be very difficult. And it's it's actually not anything that we can muster up on our own. This kind of love. It doesn't come within our sinful flesh. Our flesh, another person's flesh, it's just the, the love doesn't come from there. So where does it come from? How do we do it? John 15 talks about, I'm not going to read this for the sake of time, but John 15 talks about remaining in Jesus Christ, abiding in me and I in you. And therefore, ye bear much fruit. The connection with the Heavenly Father. See, God is love. He's the source of love. And so as we connect, as we hang out with the source of love, that's where we get the love to love others sacrificially. Not only that, but also uh, through the help of the Holy Spirit. In Galatians, where it talks about the fruits of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. And, you know, you could talk about how love is the first one because I do think it's, that's not coincidence. But it's the fruit of the Spirit. And so I believe it's very key for us to recognize that the Holy Spirit working within us is a very key part in allowing us and helping us to love sacrificially. 
John 13, 34, I'm going to, John 13, 34 and 35, I'm just going to wrap it up with this verse. It says, a new commandment I give you, this is Jesus speaking, that you love one another. Remember, this is agape love. We're commanded to do this. Love one another as I have loved you, that you should also love one another. By this will all men know you're my disciples if you have love for one another. Father, thank you so much for your love for us. Lord, your sacrificial love. Thank you, Jesus, for being the best example of love as well. And we look at at Scripture and we see how much Jesus loved. He loves us so much that he gave gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's an incredible love. Father, thank you for your love for us. And we see here this morning, Father, how we're commanded to love others as you love us. Love is very important to you. So, Father, I pray that love would become very important to us. This afternoon, Father, is just a great time to to, to start. Father, thank you for the opportunity we have to uh, have the Beaver Street Park and just have people come out to the park and just interact with them and the opportunity to serve them food, to bless them. Lord, help us to do it with love. Thank you for each person that's here. Father, I pray a blessing on each person that's here. May this week be a week that honors you, that glorifies you. And Father, we could run and not grow weary. We could walk and not faint this week. And Father, that we could uh, just worship you, honor you. And as as you're working in our hearts, keep working in our hearts for your glory. Bless each person that's here. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you guys are dismissed. Thanks so much for being here. Uh, We'll see you this afternoon.